wrestling match. Lemmy or God? Lemmy. God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Welcome, everybody, to another fun-filled episode of Assault City Circle Pit. New intro music. And I am your beautiful host, Des Troy. And with me today is a very good friend of mine. You've heard him review some albums on here before. His name is Eric, the unit. Norris, say hello to the good people, my friend. Hello, everybody. I am your lovely, sexy co-host for today. And we're going to be talking about some even sexier music. We're talking some punk rock today, my friends. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> these picks come straight from the brain of Eric Norris. So uh, uh-huh. I think I'll let you get us started. Oh, I didn't even mention. It's Reviews Day. <laughs> Duh. It's Reviews Day, idiot. Yeah. Reviews Day, Tuesday. <laughs> it is not a Tuesday. It's a Thursday. <laughs> it is a Thursday, but you're probably listening to this on a Tuesday. We don't know when it's coming out. I do. It's on Wednesdays. <laughs> Every Wednesday, Eric. Keep up with the network. I I can't. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. Three whole shows. You got to memorize when they come out. No, I listened to the last one. Yeah. I just I just don't remember which uh what day they come out. <laughs> Wednesdays for future reference. Always Salt City on Wednesdays. Right. Okay, so let's get into it. First uh first uh album is an album or repeat. It is an album. Okay, I just want to know punk you can never tell. They're always you know here real fast. <laughs> hey, album or EP. Either way it's done in fifteen to thirty minutes. I know. It's either an L P or an E P or an in between. <laughs> exactly. And that's always fun. So who's this first band we're talking about? This first band we're talking about is one and only Project Sell Out. And they are the band formerly known as PSO. <laughs> Why didn't they just keep the PSO? Well, because they uh, kind of got tired of doing an MDC thing saying it sounds for something different. <laughs> I heard it stood for a pool skate organization or pro skate organization. And this whole time it was just Project Sellout? No, they just kind of came up with that on the fly. And you're like, you know what? Let's just stick with it. It's a good one. <laughs> All right, cool. And uh, they're, yeah, and the LBP that we are talking about is still rolling with that pun. Punchline called Soul Doubt. S U O L D O U B T. <laughs> Sold out. Get it? Yeah. Get it? And that was released in 2020, correct? Yep, that was released uh, last year. It was released, uh, I believe it was March. Okay. I think it, yeah, I think it was March. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. But I don't know. Who cares at this? Who cares point? when? Yeah, we just care that the music's there. I care a little too much. I'm afraid. But I guess, yes, I guess, I guess it was last year. It was last year. The important thing is, it took forever to get the LPs made and shipped out. I ordered mine some point a shade under a year ago. Some mm-hmm. yeah, somewhere near August and September, and I got it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I know. Club Lemon and, uh, and just the PSO guys. They were just uh, really bad at keeping up with uh, who was buying what. Dude, I've been there. I just had a recent um, folly with that. We go through a website that makes t-shirts and stuff. and I ordered a bunch of shirts, and they hadn't even been printed yet. After weeks, 
weeks. And you can track your order as like when it's printed, when it's shipped and all that shit. Hadn't been printed and I ordered it weeks ago and I, was just, I canceled it. I was like, okay, I can get a local company to make me these shirts faster and for cheaper. I'm sorry, you guys make a great product. But I just, they must be backed up because, man, mm-hmm. if I had looked at my email any earlier, I would have seen, oh, shit. Yeah, we're backed up. My bad. Yeah. It happens. I get it. Being in a band, there's a lot of responsibilities. So, But was it worth it when it got to your house? Oh, fuck yeah, it was worth it. And that's what counts. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing is, I've often said with LPs, it's like, uh, and why they are, uh, in a way, better than digital media. It's like with LPs, you get the... Uh, you get a little bit more of a presentation of the band. Oh yes. For this one, they have a they have a lyric book, and it is in the shape and the form of a comic book. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So you're looking at this. You're looking at all the uh, all the artwork. It's the same artwork that they've used for the past few uh, EPs and for their current LP. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's great. It's got a fun setting, and the little illustrations kind of give you a uh, a visual idea of what the song is in ter- is lyrically getting across. Cool, hell yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and PSO in the background, um, in the background, in, in the, the background, <laughs> in the past, they sang a lot about skating. They sang a lot about uh, their hood in which they grew up, and it. It kind of was. It was a bit of a ghetto region of uh, the San Diego city, just a little more south, and they call that Lemon Grove. Lemon Grove. Okay, yep. so we got some punk rock at a Lemon Grove. Well, before we get into like your actual, because I know you got a lot to say. Yeah, I do. Tell me, give me a genre. I mean, skate punk is the first thing that comes to my brain. Yeah. What uh, is there any further clarification on that? Well, yeah, a little bit. With uh, skate punk, a lot of people would uh, flock to... Uh, bands like No Effects or Lagwagon or uh, you know those uh, Epitaph and Fat Wreck bands that had that really okay. uh, that really hyphy fast rhythms and just the overly melodic type stuff. The music that you hear in a you know in a Thrasher video back in the day that was the oh, type yeah. of stuff that was going on. Yeah. <laughs> so you think of that band, you think of you think of those bands, you think yeah, skate punk. But skate punk goes back a little further than that. In the early days of uh, hardcore, probably the most uh, uh, prolific skate punk bands were like uh, JFA you know, or Jodie Foster's Army, SNFU. They all, and even Agent Orange to an extent, though they were more uh, oriented towards surf. <laughs> and ska-like sounds. Yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah, fuck, I just messed up my fucking names of bands. I just slapped myself in the forehead. <laughs> I don't know who I was thinking, but Agent Orange is definitely not it. My bad, guys. Oh, <laughs> fuck, idiot. Uh, who who knows what he's talking about? I there. don't know who I was thinking of, but I heard Agent Orange and I was like, oh, you have some ska in there. Fuck, idiot. <laughs> Radiation, Agent Orange. <laughs> did you hear when I slapped myself in the forehead? I did. Okay, good, because that was pretty loud. Let's see. <laughs> More quality content from Circle Fair Radio. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Self-abuse. <laughs> oh, God. Some girls are into that. Yeah, an alarming amount, it seems. Sorry, I derailed you. More details <sighs> on this genre that the uh, that Project Sellout. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the uh, what I'm saying is uh, Project Sellout falls into that uh, the latter category. The They got a bit more of an 80s hardcore sound, but it's still fast-paced, and it's still something you can find yourself skating to. It keeps you on your board, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's... 
It's accurately represented in one of their videos for a song I do not remember the name, but it came a it was something from uh it was fr- it was from one of their previous EPs. Maybe their LP. I don't remember. They got a lot of songs. <laughs> uh but yeah, they have a video and it's literally uh it's literally just them skating around one of their local skate parks and just uh doing all these insane tricks. I mean, the Prescott brothers who are all in this band they really know how to skate, man. <laughs> all? How many is all are in this band? Is the video there. for No Room for a Rat? Yes, that's ah. the one. No Room for a Rat. That's from their Culture Vulture EP nice. that came out in, I want to say 2018? Maybe. Anyway, I have that I have that on vinyl. And I got to say, as a side note, whoever they got to press that vinyl, it sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that so is the problem with some vinyl you know you get someone to make it cheap and you're nah maybe you're not getting the quality product you were hoping for yeah it even came with like a little uh, uh kind of a bragging rights card <laughs> it was like saying we've been making records and pressing them ever since the 1950s i go well it sounds like it yeah <laughs> it sounds like you just started from the 50s apparently you need a phonograph to play this shit oh no shit <laughs> oh my god so so yeah, but hold on to it because you know it's a memorandum. But but yeah, if you find it on the uh, if you find it on digital, this is one of the rare times you will hear me saying this. Listen to it on digital. <laughs> All right, so we got that. What was the name of that album? That was uh, Culture Vulture. Culture Vulture. Listen to it on yeah. digital. Title track is fucking awesome too. Um, so yeah, they are a bit of a an eighties themed skate punk band. So cool. That's how I would. That's how I would categorize Project Sellout. Okay, so we got the criteria that we usually get to on Assault City, but before we get into that, just tell me what your full review. I'm just I'm not going to interrupt you. <laughs> just give me your full review. I'm going to get a beer and listen. All right. So while uh, Dez is uh, assuaging his uh, alcohol intake, you mind getting me one? I don't mind at all. All right. I will uh, let you know what I initially think of this album. For one, it's, uh, well, on the surface, it looks shorter. And by all rights, it is. It is only eight tracks long. Ah, there we go. Only eight tracks, but I assure you, they are eight solid tracks. They do not leave your head, at least not that easily. And they all hit hard in different different ways. The, um, The first song, which is... Hold on. Where I Stand. (laughs) Again, I'm not good at memorizing titles. Yeah, Where I Stand, it just throws you right out of the gate. It gives you an idea of what they are going for. And the end cap on that is some... uh, is a very country folk sort of song, and it's uh, singing, I'm never gonna leave Lemon Grove Avenue. <laughs> and it just continues on like that. Some of the standouts to me are the one of the songs, Old Friend, uh, really because lyrically, it's so... Uh, there's no other word to say it, but just so kind of depressing. <laughs> because it's not talking... It's a song talking about how... Poor life choices just uh, leave you in the gutter, pretty much. But this is not coming from a personal experience. It's not sung that way. It's more sung from an outsider experience. You think of the song, the Descendant song, Bikeage. Man, I was going to go super poser and say, like, kid, what is it? Kids Are All Right by uh, mm. Offspring. Yeah. 
same thing. Yeah, basically it's like, the same idea. You know, you're just uh, you're just making a uh, you're just kind of making a critical interpretation from an outsider's perspective. But it's talking about the people who were close to you. And you're just kind of watching them throw their lives away, and you come in, you impede, you try to help, but in the end, the decision is their own, and they just don't follow. No one can make that decision for you. You have to. You have to want help. Mm-hmm. The one thing in common with all of your problems is yourself. You know, <laughs> always is. You take it on the nose and you move on, and it's hard. I mean, it's, it isn't that easy, but that's really what a. Uh, that's really what the song Old Friend is getting across. So all my old friends, I hope you were doing well out there. Anyway, to uh to kind of turn the tide back into the uh their more positive <laughs> their more positive output. Hey, maybe that's also what PSO stood for. Positive skate output. Ooh, good one. That is a good one. Trademark. <laughs> so you can't, can't trademark their name. <laughs> How are you gonna trademark? Oh, it's their former name. Yeah, trademarked. Yep. They they cannot confirm nor deny that that is what the band stood for. It's just, it's my word against theirs. Good job. Besides, these guys can't even send out albums on time. You think they can afford a lawyer? <laughs> Good point. There's a lot of skating to do, okay? They get their schedules. I said I wasn't gonna interrupt. Carry on. It, <laughs> I don't care. It's funny. It's funny. Anyway, the the next song is one of their uh I think it was the first single that came that came out as a promo for this album. It was Quarantine Forever. Yep. It was a it was a reactionary approach to what else? The fucking plague that just took over our world last year. Yeah. But they didn't get all uh, angry about it. They actually got pretty poppy with it. <laughs> I mean, the chorus is just so catchy. It's like, I don't want I just want to isolate with you. There's nothing that I'd rather do. <laughs> that is one of the standout things on this is they did have that really poppy, really fun uh, hook there. And I really like that. That was good. Yeah. It, again, it doesn't go full Green Day or even a offspring punk. Well, actually kind of early offspring. Yeah, they got know? some early offspring influence in there. I hear it. Yeah, that's what I would that's what I would assuage uh, quarantine forever to be like. It's like a hardcore just going a bit more on the melodic side, but it fits. It just feels like it uh, cuz it just feels like them. And if you know them personally like uh like I do, bragging rights. <laughs> wow, way to name drop. Yeah. I mean, of course I'm name dropping here. It's the Prescotts. This is their band. I know the Prescotts. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've skated with the Prescotts. You know who I know? Your fucking mom. Yeah. Nice lady. Oh, I'm a really nice lady. I'm here in the studio. <laughs> Why am I doing the Italian and kiss hands when I do this voice? <laughs> because it's a, it's a habitual. I can't help it. Carry on with your review there, son. That's Zito. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Quarantine Forever, the poppier side of uh, Project Sellout, and it still sounds like them. It fits in like a... You can fill in the blank here, just like you can fill in that pussy. Ooh! That's a pussy slick orgasm. I just decided I'm going to find different ways to put in that to make PSO stand for something. Yeah, the whole show. The whole show. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep it coming. Anyway, 
so yeah, the last half of the album is uh, really what gets me the most. Songs like uh, Devil's Tunnel. It just has this sinister groove with it. It has the... It has these fun riffs on there, but then these little uh, melodic octaves to just kind of like uh, give that kind of... My favorite part was the DJ scratches. I know! <laughs> yeah, just right in, the, right in the middle of the song. No reason. They're just there, but at this point, you just kind of succumb to their uh, presentation. It's like, uh, yeah, okay. You just kind of expect the unexpected right now. I like it. Yeah, so Devil's Tunnel is a great one. Vacancy's got a bit more of a classic rock feel to it, at least uh, in the way that the chords just kind of uh, ring out, and but still sound uh, powerful. And also the lyrics, they're just talking shit on rich kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's something we can all get behind. Yeah, it kind of is, especially when rich kids just, uh, they just come into our scene out of boredom, really, and they just want to tote us around like my weird friend. <laughs> Dude, I've had that so many fucking times. I thought this like this happened a few times, but uh, I th- you think a new group of friends is like super India. You're like, oh yeah, cool, let's hang out and shit. Turns out you're just the spectacle, man. Yeah, like that. Uh, oh fuck, what's that movie with uh, Steve Carell and shit? Um, um, dinner for schmucks. Yeah, I think dinner for schmucks. Yeah, it was the. It's the that exact yeah. situation. People treat punks and shit that way all the time, and it's just like, here's my new freaky friend. Let's laugh at him. Yeah, that's pretty it's much fucked. Exactly what it is. I actually saw the original version of that. It's actually a French film. <laughs> is it in French? Yeah. Oh, not it, watching it in French at everything. I watched it in my high school French class. <laughs> Go figure. But I was enjoyed it any good? It. Yeah. Oh, it was good. I think Dinner for Schmucks was a piece of shit, actually. <laughs> Teach their own. Yeah. I really. There were some good laughs in it. There were some good laughs, and it all came from Steve Carell. Yeah, he's really good. He's yeah. a really good actor. Yeah, he is a good actor. Yeah. As a 40 year old virgin, I think, he, I think he knows what he's doing. And he also plays one of my favorite characters of all time. I'm Prison Mike. <laughs> Fuck. I forgot about Prison Mike. <laughs> Everyone loves Prison Mike. Yeah, everyone loves Mike. So, yeah, Steve Corral, great. Vacancy is also a great one. And also, you get to hear uh, Noah Prescott show off his little guitar virtuoso that he is inside. He, That guy, he knows how to shred on guitar. I saw them out in, uh, out in Denver one time, and they covered uh, Danzig's mother. And Oh, oh yeah. And Noah hit every single note on that guitar solo like it was just butter to him. Mm, butter. Oh, yeah. So, And that was a new thing that, that came about in this album, Sold Out. Yeah, they were experimenting, throwing a, throwing a few ringers, whether it was something that big like the chorus of Quarantine Forever or those aforementioned little uh, DJ scratches in Devil's Tunnel. Very fun. Yeah. And then something like that, just like, hey, you know what, Noah? I know you're a punk rocker, but... Can you solo some more? We really like that. Yeah, sure. All right. Get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Anyway, the uh, yeah, the last song I want to talk about happens to be the last song on the album, and this is my Weird. favorite one. My favorite one, To Whom It May Concern. And it's a re-recording from a split they did with uh, some other with another San Diego hardcore band called Meth Breath. Sound like great guys. Yeah. 
<laughs> probably are. I do not know them, but I don't know. If PSO did a split with them, then maybe they are. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, yeah, they did a, yeah, great songs on the PSO side. Also great songs on the Meth Breath side, but, you know, I just love, love the former band right there. I just want to tickle their boards. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> gross like i just want to feel the wood after a fresh board slide oh yeah uh, so what else do you love about the song uh, <laughs> i love the fact anyway yeah it was a re-recording at this one yeah it feels a lot more slick it feels a lot more in the pocket and they're doing a they're doing a bit more with the guitars and a few melodies here and there just to like let it just to like let it bleed a little more and then the yeah, and then the final breakdown just comes in, and it's just kind of like, thank you for everything you do. <laughs> oh, it's great. It just feels like a, it feels like the uh, perfect version of their hardcore output. <laughs> it's a, it's a full package minus the Noah solos, but he's still getting like a. He's still getting some good octaves in there. Got some good licks. Yeah, a lot of great licks. There's so many licks, so many riffs, so many boards, and I am not bored. Ha! Ha! Ended on a pun. <laughs> I love it. Always with the puns. So, yep. um, obviously, the pun, Eric... The, puns, the pun snake official. Ah, fuck, that was bad. Yeah, that'll <laughs> happen. Uh, so, Eric loves this album. So now he's going to hate me. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, We got our normal criteria. What? Uh, tell me what's your favorite song off this little album here. I just told you. To whom uh, it all, may concern. Oh, that's your favorite. <laughs> that is Overall. my favorite. Okay, cool. Overall. Cool. Uh, yeah, and Devil's Tunnel is a close second, followed by Vacancy, then Old Friend, then Quarantine Forever. Those are the five best songs on this record. Killer. My favorite. Uh, sadly, like one of the shortest songs was Devil's Tunnel. It's mm-hmm. like, what, under two minutes? I think it's a minute and a half or some shit. Yeah. Um, that one kind of changed it up for me, and I'll use this as a nice little segue into our least favorite things about the album, and please don't hit me. Um, <laughs> I'll just spit on you. That's fine. I mean, just don't get the computer. Uh, <laughs> so least favorite thing, uh, as a vocalist, obviously, that's what I focus on, and my only complaint here is vocally, it all kind of seemed to blend a lot of the same vocal rhythms, um, and... Yeah, that's really the only big complaint I have is just the kind of the same vocal rhythms over and over again, mm-hmm. and that helped the songs really blend in my head. Like I was listening to them at work, and yeah, the, the it's just that just all the songs kind of blended in that way vocally. But once you listen to instrumentals and get deeper into it, that's how you can differentiate. Especially with like I said, Devil's Tunnel. That's why it's my favorite is because it does it stands out among the songs to me more because it is something different on all levels you know yeah do you have a least favorite thing about this album or is it just that it took too long to get to you (laughs) well that (laughs) but um but really the uh the real negative thing that i could say about this is uh yeah i kind of get the whole thing with the uh vocals there's not a lot of range there but and then again there's not really supposed to be a lot of range at least not in terms of a the actual the actual tone of the yeah. voice, but I get what you're saying about the uh, 
the rhythm and the structure and the enunciated parts, like what's getting more emphasis put on it. Yeah. yeah. They definitely have certain syllables they lean on, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, that's your thing. That's your thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, that's what stood out to me is like, oh, well, you know, that's, eh, you know. Yeah. The rest of the album, though, good stuff. Yeah. And I will say, like, the uh, the first half of the album, the first uh, the first two songs were great, but then it just kind of uh, lulls for a little bit in the uh, in the third song. That's the okay. one. Th- that's the one song that I don't really remember all too well. So it just kind of took a faint dip, but then Quarantine Forever brings it back, especially with that catchy fucking hook. Exactly, the catchy hook is where it's at for that one. Yep. So that. So that song is like in the perfect place. It's just ending the A side of the record, and then Old Friend kicks in the B side. And the B side was just, it was a pummeler. I was talking about this with someone uh, a couple reviews ago. I think it was Joe. I think, I mean, and most bands should do this, but bands set that up. They know that a song is going to be like a little lull in the middle. Mm Got to bring up a song later to bring it back. Yeah. It gets more complicated with like, 10 and 20 song albums you know you you lump all your lull songs into the middle so that people you know then you kind of spurse in there with some songs that'll bring back attention so people will make it all the way to the end oh yeah um it definitely i mean i get that it sounds like they did that here um maybe that was just a song they released confident in you know and it's a good call by the bands most times because they know their music better than anyone else right yeah pretty much and that was the i think that was the idea of like keeping it pretty uh pretty short in comparison to their other record my way out that was like a i think uh, 10 or 11 songs it was still a good album but honestly i know four or five songs off the top of my head helps you keep the focus by keeping it a little shorter yeah and that's uh and yeah that was the weird thing being able to tell if this was an lp or an ep (laughs) That, that's my thing i couldn't <laughs> so i put it on and i was like oh yeah like eight songs yeah that's that's gonna be an that's a that's an album and then i was done in a few minutes not a few minutes you know what i mean i'm exaggerating but <laughs> yeah. i was done in a few minutes at work and i was like what the fuck i just put this album on guys <laughs> i know longest songs like four minutes right maybe maybe i don't know i'm used to metal like the longest songs usually like seven to 14 minutes you know on a metal album oh, punk yeah. albums longest out al- longest song you're gonna get a punk album if you're lucky is like five minutes yeah you unless know? you're listening to the later black flag discography yeah that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. oh yeah process of weeding out that was just a 10 minute jam session of greg <laughs> just sucking his own dick man who doesn't not want to listen to that <laughs> not me exactly this oh, is why we God. old black flag is our favorite black flag <laughs> yeah before the oh before what the remember when that motherfucker came out and it literally made us all go what the yeah well they got me there mm-hmm. <laughs> give the appropriately audience. titled yeah appropriately titled although i don't think that was the intention behind it i think it was just kind of like a what the as in like really black flag is still doing shit (laughs) i mean yeah they got us but then we asked why (laughs) this is terrible guys just tour just just, your best years are behind just tour yeah and they did and i saw a black flag a few actually it was Oh, but it was seven years ago today that I saw oh. the Greg Ginn owned Black Flag with Mike Vallely on vocals. So, and that was really kind of the main reason I went. I want to hear Mike V screaming "Rise Above" in my face. Is wait, 
It's Valeli? Yeah. I thought it was Valley. No, it's Valeli. <laughs> but everyone huh, knows him wow. as Mike V. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mike Valeli. Oh, yeah. Huh. I had to Google it. Oh, trust me. When I was in my youth, I just loved calling him Mike Valley. And a lot of people called him that, too. He's on, a, I believe, a Jamie Josta song as well. And that was how I was introduced to the fact that he did vocals at all. Because oh, yeah. I just knew him as a skater. Oh, yeah. I knew him as a skater, but I did know That's that it. he was doing music. There was a band he had back in the day called Mike V and the Rats. Oh. Yeah. And How, that was what kind of genre was that? That was also punk. That was a bit more on the hardcore side. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I'll never give in. Never, never give up. Yeah. Some good shit. And also, he does uh, his other band, which is more uh, kind of a uh, Caius, Queens of the Stone Age type, uh, uh, okay. type 90s rock called Revolution Mother. Oh. Yeah. And that one you can actually hear on the Hangover soundtrack. Really? Yeah. It was actually the song that was playing. You know when they're like hustling back to L.A. the day of the wedding? Yeah. And that van pulls up and out pops Mike V and he's throwing the suits to all the guys yeah. in their car. The, the song that's playing is Revolution Mother. So they're playing one of his songs while he's throwing suits at the people. Yep. <laughs> oh, <cameo>. my God. <laughs> that's so cool, dude. And, I, you know, when I'm listening to that part, I do. I'm like, fuck, yeah, this song's dope. You yeah. know? So that's cool. Nice. Little fun facts from Eric. You know, yep. you learned some shit. Yep. There you go. Mike V is. Uh, so, yeah, when Mike V was uh, the uh, cover and vocalist of Black Flag, it was like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, you're no Rollins, but you'll work. Yep. But I have <laughs> seen Flag where. Uh, Keith Morris and Des Kadita take over the vocals on certain songs. Wait, flag? Just called Flag? Yeah, just Flag. They tour as just Flag? Well, they don't tour, uh. but they are like a token festival band. They mm. pretty much just play at PRB. And I've really? Seen, yeah, and I saw them twice down there. Nice. And so they just play as Flag and they play Black Flag songs? Yep. Nice. And it's Des is probably everyone's favorite vocalist, maybe. Uh, I don't really. I can't really name any Black Flag songs off the top of my head where Dez was the vocalist. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I'm more assuaged to by Ron Rise and uh, the early Keith Morris stuff. Why is there like okay, just like there so many bands will lose a singer, right? Mm -hmm. And the band like loses popularity and loses momentum completely. Black Flag is not that fucking way. <laughs> yeah. They have how many singers have they had? Oh, they've had uh God, what was it? It was also, first it was Keith Morris, then it was Ron Rise, then Des Kadena, and then Henry came in after yes. that, and now Mike V is taken over. Yeah, so at least five. Yeah. Five singers. And they have not lost momentum except for what the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh no, I it's just amazing to me because I see that all the time. Bands lose a singer and people are like, fuck that band. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, Black Flag, they're like, wait, who's singing now? All right, let's go to the show. Yeah. Doesn't right. really matter. But I, I didn't know Dez was still doing one. So that's great. Dez yeah. on Dez. Yeah, Dez on Dez. Dez Kadena. Then it was uh, Dez Fafara. And now it's Dez Troy. Dez Troy. Oh. Well, that's, that's the fun fact behind the name. In case, we'll, let's get into the lore of the Salt City fun, right? Yeah. People wonder, you know, where the Dez comes from. So, Des Fafara of Devil Driver Coal Chamber yeah. was called so because he was a fan of Des from Black Flag, right? Mm -hmm. We knew that. <laughs> and then one day, I don't know what we were talking about, like, um, we we're talking about stage names or something in my band. 
And for a long time, I was like putting myself up as the Destroyer with another band. Yeah. So we had a name that was, I think it was Created to Destroy or, yeah, something like that. So it's kind of the Destroyer. And I was like, what about Des Troy? Boom. There you go. Oh, yeah. And I'm also a huge fan of Des Fafara as well. So it's it's the lineage, man. It just keeps on going. One Des to another. Yeah. Some of them, me, aren't as good as, you know, the others. But <laughs> we try. <laughs> ah, man, you're the you're the Des who sings in a Randy Bly style voice. <laughs> Not anymore. I've got my own style now. I know, ish, but I can hear where it's coming from. I can hear oh, the yeah. initial influence. <laughs> you can definitely hear. I was talking about on. I did this Backs War podcast the other day, and I was talking about it. They were like, "Who do you get compared to, or who would you compare yourself to?" And I said, "Every." At least once every couple shows, I hear, do you know you sound like the guy from Lamb of God? <laughs> All the fucking time, dude. So I'm not even mad about it. I'm like, good. That's a compliment. If I sound like him, he's fucking world famous. We're cool. All right. Fine. Fine. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so I, I um, wasn't in jail in the Czech Republic, but that's cool. <laughs> that's true. I was never a part of a manslaughter uh, case. Yeah, for pushing someone off the stage. Bullshit, by the way. I can't even believe that happened. Oh, my God. Mm. As the Palace is Burned, check out that movie. That's definitely very enlightening. Mm. Yeah. I just uh, got that record, by the way. Oh, yeah, you did. You got that on vinyl. I'm jealous. Yeah, the re-release. Now I have all my favorite Lamb of God records, almost, except for the Sacrament. I don't have that one. Nice. I, I want... Got... It's controversial, maybe. I want Wrath on vinyl. Oh, Real yeah. bad. Wrath has some fucking bangers man yeah and at the time it came out was probably like the height of my lamb of god love and some parts of it were disappointing but there were some tracks on there where i was just like (laughs) you know oh man my favorite still new american gospel (laughs) really yeah really what yeah pretty pretty crazy that is kind of nuts. Yeah. My favorite Lamb of God album is Burn the Priest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did you hear their Burn the Priest stuff, though, that was mostly covers? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I love Sexy. That. Oh, man. So good. Cover of I mean, We recent. Gotta Know, Eye Against Eye, mm-hmm. Jesus Lamb of God. My Hot Rod. <laughs> exactly. Lamb of God covering fucking Bad Brains and Ministry is a wet dream that a 13-year-old me could only masturbate to. You know, know what I mean? Oh, my God. It made me so hard. We need to get off. We're not a Lamb of God. I know. We're not a Lamb of God. We're talking about Project Sellout. So, really? I thought we were talking about Black Flag. <laughs> I mean, we were. We got off on a long line of bullshit. But let's get into... Let's see what happens. I know. This is this is a salt city, baby. It's, it's fucking chaos. <laughs> and that's, you know, the girls that ha- are brave enough to date me, this is why. Because it's chaos. <laughs> so... Give I can, me. I uh, can attempt. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, give me a star rating. Give me out of five stars. Out of what five are you giving stars? It? I will give it a. We'll see. A cool four out of five. Cool four. All yeah. right. Cool. Yeah. Really, the only uh, the only thing that caught me off was that lull part. Yeah. I was just like, okay, if the the lull didn't hit me as the rest of the album, but the rest of the album, holy shit, I am still feeling the pain of the sledgehammer that it was hitting my head. <laughs> like, goddamn. Oh, is that what that scar's from? Oh, wait. Uh, oh, oh. Not the, that's what the uh, bump is from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I give this one a solid three stars. Uh, still very good. I just, like I said, the, the vocal rhythms kind of got me. I was just like, what the fuck? You know? Uh, but overall, punk rock, very good in your face. And as far as modern oh, yeah. punk goes, very well done. Oh, yeah. It's Pro- a, production it's also feeling, sounded man. <laughs> yeah. Production sounded really good. Um, I did. 
I love, I love, I love uh, the bass. They got some really good bass licks in there. They got little short bass solos in there. I want more. Yeah. I want them to do some more of that because I that is really good shit. Oh, they're yeah, their bassist is the is the one Prescott uh, non Prescott. The one non Prescott. Yeah, the one non Prescott. Well, non Prescott, you're talented. Yeah, <laughs> he's a bit of a nut, especially when he gets high. Like when he's super blitzed out, he is hilarious. <laughs> so, um, if you listen to not only Assault City but you listen to Rec Podcast, you've heard um, our good friend Landon, your bestie of all time. Yeah. Um, you said he's very good friends with this band, right? Yes, he is. And what you said he's in a music video. What music video is he in? He's in the music video of Old Friend. Old Friend. So if you can discern which one is Landon, we're not going to tell you which one, <laughs> but he's in that video. You can see Landon more than just the sexy pictures we'll probably post on the Facebook and stuff. Maybe so. <laughs> but he looks sexy in that, even when he's drinking beer. Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> Easter egg. Yeah, those things you got to watch out for and just be like, oh, that's a reference to something. So when uh, they see the so when they do see the beer, they will remember what we told them. So right Landon here. may or may not be imbibing alcohol in this video. Mhm. 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 I think we've gone on long enough. Do you have any closing statements about this uh record before we move on? I don't really have any closing statements of this record other than it is good. But as the uh, band itself, I know that the show is already going to have happened by the time you're listening to this. But from our timeline, from the time from where we are recording this, <laughs> we they are playing in Salt Lake tomorrow. That is July 30th. The 30th of July. Well, actually, they're not playing Salt Lake. They're playing in Provo. Ah. But the 31st, they are playing in Salt Lake twice. Two shows, one night, one all ages, one twenty-one plus. Is that just so they can play with Mandalore? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. As soon as I saw there was a 21 plus and an all ages, I was like, it's because Mandalore doesn't do bars. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I mean, not, not talking shit or anything. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. As soon as I knew it, you said that the drummer used to be in Mandalore. And right, Mandalore. Yeah. yeah. So drummer used to be in Mandalore, and they're good friends. You know, I was of course that makes sense. Yeah, and of course my band, Anonymous, we had to hop on the bill at one point, and we hopped on the to the bill at Aces High because when Anonymous played our very first show when we were still a three piece, me, Rissa, and our uh, former bassist Drew, we opened up for Project Sellout and Mandalore nice. respectively. And that was back in, that was September 11th, 2018. So a new reason to celebrate (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. We don't celebrate, I mean, okay, some people actually, it's confusing. Some people do feel like they celebrate 9-11, which you shouldn't. But uh, it's really a day of mourning. But now we have an actual reason to celebrate it. The What, the day of mourning? I don't. I'm talking about the uh I'm talking about the release of God Hates Us All, man. <laughs> oh my god, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Okay, fine. But all, for all you uh crusty crack rock kids out there, yes, the release of Mediocre Generica. <laughs> I know what that means. You know what that means? Yeah. Yeah. Of course I do. That's the same bitches that brought you the tower tumbling mediocre generica 91101. <laughs> Ah, crack steady. 
Oh, God, now we're talking leftover crack. And on that note, yeah, let's yeah. move on to what the, the next review. Next? Yeah, we let's are do that. talking about another great punk uh, record brought to us by Eric Norris. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Cause and Effect by Soldiers of Destruction, released in 2021. So this is fresh, hot mm. off the presses. Um, now, let's do the same thing. Let's just hear your full review. Gimme, 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 gimme. I need some more. It all comes back to Black Flag for some fucking not reason. always, dude. <laughs> yeah, not always. Definitely not for these guys, because for one, they started in the UK way back in 1980. A uh, damn. Yeah. God So they are coming off of the heels of UK punk rock, which as we know, the Sex Pistols were gone. Nobody was giving a shit about punk right now, so the underground was just a tempest with bands like the Subhumans and Crass taking over the Anarcho Syndicate, and bands like uh, UK Subs were still rolling high. And then we had GBH, the Exploited, Chaos UK. They were just exploding and bringing us what we know as street punk. And this band, Soldiers of Destruction, they were just caught in that tidal wave as well. They were just exploding all over the fucking place. But much like a penis. Much like a penis, right? Loads and loads everywhere. If what I just told you in the last 45 seconds did not make you hard, are you even punk, bro? Are you even listening? Yeah. Because, I mean, goddammit, listen to the drum. Yeah, that was me. That's the unit a-knockin'. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Soldiers of Destruction, they have a bit of an interesting history. So the... So they started back in the back in the 80s, you know, the early 80s, existed for about four years, and then they broke up and did not record a single thing. Nothing. They had a... Harsh. Yeah, they had options. Like, uh... Like, they were like, uh... They even had options to uh, get into a label, but... They did not like what the label was offering them. They did not trust them. And also, I mean, it's a uh, United Kingdom in 1982. Of course, they're going to be drinking a lot. <laughs> of course. What else was there to do in 1982 in England? Yeah, just uh, fucking uh, get pissed off at the politics and uh, play shows as or a reaction. We get pissed and get pissed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so fast forward to some... Uh, Oh, God, what, 30 years later, 40 years later? I don't know how long ago the 80s was. (laughs) Let's see, it was the 80s, and then it was the 90s. That's a decade. The 2000s, that's also a decade. And the 2010s, all right, somewhere in the, all right, three decades later. 30-ish years. Yeah, 30-ish, somewhere in between the 3-0 and the 4-0. Anyway, from then to now. (laughs) So, Soldiers of Destruction, their singer... Uh, the sole surviving member, Morat. That's his stage name. That's what he goes by. That's okay, all we know thank as. fuck that wasn't his stage name. Because I was going to say, if his parents named him fucking Morat, his parents <laughs> fucking hated him. Well, why else do you think he's punk rock? All right, Morat. It's my stage. It's not my stage name. It's my birth name. <laughs> I'm Morat. I'm the singer of uh, Soldiers of Destruction. And for those of you who don't know, we are the original SOD. That was actually something that came up when... Uh, when me and Dustin at SLC Punkcast, we interviewed these guys. <laughs> That's oh, how I heard of them. Very and, nice. So you didn't uh, interview the members of Anthrax that made Stormtroopers a death? Unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Scott Ian, 
We could probably get him. He does interviews left and right. Does he do a lot? <laughs> He's on every fucking metal documentary, if you think about it. <laughs> wow, you're right. Everything I've ever seen. Dude, I'm pretty sure he was on, like, I Love the 90s and shit when MTV yeah. was doing those. And the hi- and this little documentary, The History of Moshing, he was there. <laughs> of course he was. He was like, yeah, we wrote a song about moshing. <laughs> yeah. God damn. He could... It's sort of, he is treated in the metal documentary world the same way that Loudwire uses Corey Taylor. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Here's an issue. Want to hear how Corey Taylor feels about it? Not really, but okay. Here is Corey Taylor's opinion on an opinion of an opinion that he once had. (laughs) No shit. He's like, yeah, well, I was a kid and I just didn't know what I was thinking, but yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, it's just like, yeah, Corey, you can have your own fucking personality, you can get pissed off at whatever, but we don't need to hear about every fucking thing! And I'm a huge fan of Corey Taylor, dude, 100%, I'm not even gonna lie about it, but man, I don't want to hear his opinion on every fucking thing, that's how I start to not like celebrities. I Mm -hmm. love Kiss, and I loved Gene Simmons until I heard him open his fucking mouth about how he <laughs> how he felt about things. As soon as I heard how he felt about shit, I was like, oh my god, did you really say that about suicide people? <sighs> oh, oh god, god I remember that. I was just like, okay, I was on the fence about you, but Jesus! I know, I was in the studio that day, and my drummer, hey, Daz, did you say this? And I was like, what? And it showed me that story, and I read it, and I was like, Fuck, Jesus Christ, Gene Simmons. It's so hard to be a Gene Simmons fan. Oh, God. He probably th- he probably can refer to himself as Jesus Simmons. He would, dude. Oh, Despite sorry. the fact that he's Jewish. So wh- how do you feel about this uh, record? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yes, in short, I fucking love this record. This is climbing the list of best releases in 2020. This thing fucking rips. I have listened to it like 10, Released 15 times over. 2021, yes. I've listened to this record a lot, and every time I listen to it, I never get sick of it. There is not a song in this record that disappointed me. There is just there is just something for fucking everybody on here. And and this is really cool. The uh also I'm I'm getting this straight from the fucking uh, horse's mouth when we were uh interviewing the band and Morat did most of the talking. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> ah, we're both vocalists, dude. We know. We know. When it comes to interviews, that's who talks. Yeah. Well, also, he's the guy who uh, not necessarily founded the band. He's not even technically an original member, but he's the only one who made a name for himself in that band that in the early sense. days. So, yeah, basically, when he uh, when he relocated to Vegas, he got a uh, – he was just like, hey, you know what? I think I want to start this band again. So he got a he pop, got pop, a group cheerio, together. Who wants to have some tea and play some punk? <laughs> yeah. Who wants to play some punk? Who wants to do some? Uh, who wants to do some cool shit? Meet you at the craps table after. Cheerio. <laughs> I want to play some cricket after that. <laughs> so yeah, after a few uh, cups of tea and maybe uh, maybe a nip from the old bottle or two. All right, little nip. I love a little nip. Yeah, we got a bunch of little drunken sacks together, and we decided, you know what? We're going to reform this band. What do you like? You like Motorhead? All right, you're in. What do you like? Uh, you like Slipknot? You're in as well. Uh, you like Municipal Waste? You're also in. We will all I get like this the shit Beatles. together. Ah, uh, fuck off. <laughs> but I love you, Morat. Oh, I don't care to love you. Anyone love the Beatles ain't okay with me. I've got a ticket to ride. Turn around. Oh, I've got a, no, 
okay, I guess I'll ride the bus then. I'll go sing the fucking palaver elsewhere, you fucking cunt. I want to hold your hand. (laughs) (laughs) It can't. And scene. You can't even touch me. (laughs) So, yeah, he got the the band together. And, yes, he did not want to just do all the UK stuff because, also, he is a fan of metal. And he did say, he's like, yeah, I love Slipknot. I love Lamb of God. I love all these bands, you know? And, yeah, we just wanted to uh, include all that in there. And if you listen to it, there is a... There is underlying metal themes. There is some tremolo picking. There is just some straight fucking downstroking that just sounds, hmm. And mm. I mean downstroking. They are handed oh. hand me so nice. Sounds like quite the hand job. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah, then you get your old school UK82 stuff, the stuff that was uh, most likely and probably mostly all written back in the day. And... And yeah, the other thing was uh, the lyrical enterprise has been updated. And he even said this on the interview. Nobody really gives a shit about Margaret Thatcher anymore. She's fucking dead. That's you know? true. People yeah. don't even fucking remember her. And we were writing songs that were just uh, us <laughs> yammering on her and just saying how much of a piece of shit she was. But It'd So be... we had to update those lyrics. <laughs> exactly. It's like if you uh, made a, a song about Tipper Gore now. You know, oh yeah! <laughs> it, like in the '80s, Tipper Gore was on everyone's mind, at least in the music community, because she was trying to censor everything. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she just made a cool little label that told us what albums were good. Yeah, but we all hated Tipper Gore. Oh my God! Okay, I'm gonna get off on a sidetrack real quick. Side tangent, please do. Uh, Preach, side brother. tangent. Whoa! Nothing to do with music. I, I'm sorry. Uh, if you have you seen American Horror Story, have you seen that show? Of course I have. Okay, so this new season, American Horror Stories, plural. Um, they separated into separate little side side quests, little uh, self contained stories, and mm. like I think it's episode three. This starts on. They did this one about movies, uh, like this horror movie that makes the audience kill each other and shit. Right? Huh. It's nuts, dude. The episode is really fucking good. Um, and the film director they like recreate a trial where he's in a trial with Tipper Gore. <laughs> and he fucking like she's like your sh- your movie will never be shown anywhere ever again. And he fucking jumps the bench and he just like slams her up against the wall and just like starts beating the shit out of her. And he's, <laughs> Everyone will see my fucking movie. The world will see my movie. It is so good. Watching Tipper Gore get her ass kicked was like wow. <laughs> this everyone's waiting for this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can see her hand her ass get handed to her on the in a verbal scale. Oh yeah, by Thank D. You. Snyder. Oh yeah. Thank you, thank you. Also, Ice Tea, and yes. thank you, Jello Biafra. Yes, <laughs> Just there's always the room for Jello. <laughs> yeah, who wants to hear another song from the Dead Kennedys? Who wants to hear another rant on why I think gentrification is such a bad idea in this country, except for these certain towns? My current band has several songs against Trump. Yep. Next time on what would Jello do? <laughs> Which is an actual YouTube channel. Oh, boy. Yep. Anyway, check out American Horror Stories. And Eric, before we get into the normal criteria, do you have any more thoughts on this album? Um, One more side note. Okay. The day that uh, Trump got uh, elected as president, what mm-hmm. would Jello do? Hello, I'm Jello Biafra. How could people be so fucking stupid? And he holds up the, <laughs> the newspaper clipping, Trump is president of the U.S. How? 
How can people be so fucking stupid? Anyway, what I thought about the album <laughs> is... Thanks for joining me on YouTube, everybody. <laughs> If you don't know Jello Biafra, look him up, number one. But number two, we both just did flawless voice impressions. Oh, yeah. I've never heard a better one in my life. And it's all gonna blow right now. <laughs> so what the fuck did you think of this album? Like I, like I said, I am just... I am floored by this album. Like, holy shit, this thing is just a this thing is just a banger in more ways than one. Uh, like I said, I love the uh, seamless marriage, marriage of of punk and metal, especially like the UK eighty two stuff. The closest thing you got to a uh, punk and metal back then in uh, this band's sort of uh, paradigm was Discharge, and there was a lot of Discharge on here. There was a lot of Motorhead worship. We will also get to that uh, pretty soon. And and yeah, as you go on, you start to hear a bit more of the thrashy riv- rhythms. You could just tell that this band just stayed in sort of a barrel, like a uh, uh, like an aged wine. And they aged like that. They aged as a fine wine. <laughs> and then when they came back onto the scene, they were fully fucking prepared with a whole arsenal of different areas from the punk and metal and hardcore spectrum, thanks to some of the newer members. And now we see them as they are and they are fucking beautiful. Hell yeah, dude. And this album cause and effect. It is the, it is the tangible proof that it doesn't matter how fucking old you are. As long as you just like together, you can create some amazing material. Hell yeah. Right on. Fuck yeah. Okay, so let's get into what is your favorite song on this or songs because we all know how you do. <laughs> yeah, I do I do have a bit of a list, but it's not that long. I got a little list. I got a little list. A little list. <laughs> I will say, uh, yeah, here's, a, here's kind of a top five. My top five is the album Closer. Uh, Symphony of War, and it's got a lot of that thrashy tremolo picking in the end. It's just <laughs> so yeah. You'd sooner hear, you'd sooner kind of expect to hear like a whiplash at the end of the fucking uh, uh, yeah, verse. For sure. You know? So yeah, it's got that. It's got that intense rhythms in it. I also uh, love Death or Glory. It's got that old uh, barroom skinhead chant. Death or Glory. It's the same old story. Death or Glory. <laughs> so yeah, given a given O to the uh, to the skinhead sound and uh, end of a rope. I love that one. It's uh, definitely going looking inward and the plight of human existence and the chorus is catchy and also very uh uh also very uh, downtrodden. Okay. <laughs> it's like all I want is not to be broke. All I want is to get the joke. All I want is to keep the hope. All I want is something to keep me from the end of a rope. <laughs> bit of a downer yeah a little bit but it's just like god damn it i'm gonna keep treading it's gonna suck sometimes True. <laughs> so yeah love end of a rope and like i said there is a lot of there is a bit of motorhead worship in here and it comes in the song in the form of kill mister 
also my favorite. That's my number one track off of this. I predictable. <laughs> I fucking knew you knew it, right? I know you got fucking Snaggletooth, the war pig, Boom. on your forearm, Man, right on my arm. I just go. I'll just go. I'll tattoo you. Some bubbly Well, <laughs> I got some inky wink on my forearm. A bit of an eye that is orange, orange like clockwork. Like some kind of a, a clockwork that's orange. I got a type of gro- a droog on here with a masky on. A little masky wasky. Yeah, very what we got here. Very well, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that we've talked about our tattoos. Yeah, my favorite was Kilmister. And once again, we'll use this as a segue into the next portion. Um, Kilmister stood out to me. Uh, as a little more metal influenced, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a couple other songs. I didn't write those down because I'm dumb. But uh, we'll get into my least favorite thing. And surprisingly, it's kind of along the same lines as my problem with the last one. Not vocally blending, but instrumentally, I felt like it kind of all blended together um, in a lot of these songs. So I was like a little bit lost at times. Uh, it was, it's all good music. I can solidly say like if you are into punk, if you are into old school metal, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, but I, like I said, I just kind of got lost in it. It was a lot of uh, a lot of the same, but you can hear all the different influences. I didn't hear any of their older stuff. I don't know if, like you said, any, some of these songs are old songs that they've updated, right? Yeah, I I can't tell you by title. Yeah, which ones they are. It's just more like a feeling sort yeah. of thing. You can just kind of feel that this one was lit, written back in the day. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure you know old. Uh, oh, fuck, what's his name again? Mo- Mavis Morvin <laughs> Morat Morat. Just remember, my name is Morat. My name is Morat. Very nice. This album, very nice. Mavis. I'm sorry. I tried. I think that's the vampire girl from Hotel Transylvania. That's a that's a character from Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh fuck! Another one. Yeah, another one. We're Damn talking it. about the name Terrence. Oh, Terrence. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Dude, you make a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine references. How uh, much of that show did you watch? <laughs> too much. I saw the Ringo Starr version and the George Carlin version. There's a Ringo Starr version? Yeah, he did the British uh, releases on there. He was the narrator. Boo, George Carlin rules. Um, Fuck yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, this is not a terrible album or anything. I just, like I said, it just instrumentally, this one blended all together and vocally the last one blended all together for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's weird. It's been a weird day for me. Also, this is just a me thing, but there's like a certain style, apart from the accent, there's a certain style in British punk rock vocals that comes across, just not always my thing. You know, that's where Lemmy specifically broke the mold as far as British music goes that has a punk rock leaning. His vocals did kind of set the bar for what's a little different. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because he was, uh, he just wanted to keep it, keep rock and roll in its rawest of forms. And that included bringing the vocals down to that form. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, uh, and don't think that me saying these things blend together is like a terrible thing. Because if you look at the entire discography of Let's Take Motorhead, for example, there <laughs> are a few of their more obscure albums where instrumentally, yeah, they blend together a whole lot. <laughs> so it's, like I said, not necessarily a bad thing, but that's the only complaint I really had about the album. Do you have any complaints about this album? Uh, no. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I have nothing bad to say on this one. I have, uh, yeah, like I said, I can literally name every song in 
my favorite to least favorite. Wow. <laughs> there damn. is not a song that sucks on this record. And <laughs> speaking of which, my favorite song on here, okay. my top one is Undefeated. Undefeated. Oh, man. That one just... That one just has the odor of street punk on there. Mm. And it is, uh, yeah, it's got that crusty feeling to it. It's just got such a, it's just got such a hyphy rhythm. It is keeping you going. And there's a fucking bass solo in it. <laughs> Who doesn't love a big, good bass solo? Exactly. Um, the, uh, I, one thing I really liked about the whole album, and it's a, it's a recurring theme over and over again, is very chanty vocals they got a lot of different chants in there like i swear maybe every song maybe every other song has a vocal that's like meant for a crowd to chant along oh yeah and i love that that's great i mean even if it's not like crowd participation you're not aiming for but like you want people to remember your songs that's the best way to fucking do it oh yeah it's awesome so that's definitely a lot of this in here this is an album you can sing along to as well because of all those chanty vocals on your second listen through like me on my second listen through i remembered those chants and i was ready i was with them you know? <laughs> i felt like a part of the team and that's what those chanty vocals do for you seriously and that's uh and yeah, that is the intention behind a lot of chanty vocals in punk rock songs because we want to be all inclusive here. Oh, of course we do, bubbly wobblies. Yeah, and if you hear the same chant alongs in uh, in hardcore songs, uh, that's that's to get everybody piling up. They call it the pile up, just to get the fucking mic grabs and just sing the the one chant that they were waiting for. <laughs> Hell yeah, TV party tonight, dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> god damn. We're thinking like a One King Down, where all they're doing is like bloodlust, revenge, 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 and it's just boom. Everyone is coming up. They want to participate. They want to be like, I fucking love this song. Of course they do. Um, <laughs> so. Are you ready to participate? Because it's time for the star rating. Uh-huh. What do you want to do? What's your stars? My star? My star? It's a fucking five out of five. Ding, it's ding, a ding, six ding, out ding, of ding, five, ding. motherfucker. We got a five out of five, maybe six out of five if Des allows it, on Assault City. Oh, my God. So oh, rarely does that happen. Actually, I think it's happened twice in a row with you. Because uh, I'm pretty sure. 4.9 you... on the Crow Killer one. <laughs> was it 4.9? It was 4.9. How do you remember that? Because I listened to it. Oh, I mean, I, I listened to it three times to edit it, dude. Like, I don't remember that. <laughs> it's because um, you're not listening to the uh, <laughs> the material for it uh, for entertainment purposes. You're listening to it for technical purposes. Well, yeah, I want to hear if you sound like a jackass or if you say something offensive. <laughs> oh, I always sound like a jackass, and of course I'm offensive. Have of you course. met me? <laughs> Speaking of offensive, I'm about to piss you off. Why? I give it two and a half. I was waiting for that too <laughs> i'm sorry i like uh, like i said it's still good it's real good punk rock but it just didn't ring true in my brain as much as it did with you i there's a few songs i took away from it and i saved them to my spotify and those are going to be really great tracks but which for, ones uh besides kill mister <laughs> one sec let me open my phone real quick <laughs> i know kill mister was definitely the first one let's see here uh da, 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 da. Okay, cause and effect. Uh, cracked. I really was into oh, end yeah. of end of the rope. Uh, end of a rope. Sorry. Um, Where is this other saved one? Undefeated. Ah, yeah. You're right. And also gazes. That one stood out to me because not only was it longer, 
but the feature on it I didn't know, but I ended up really liking that song. Oh yeah, and it's I, it's like the longest song on there. It's like five minutes. Yeah, that's weird. Especially that's also for, especially that's also, for a band you picked five minutes. That's a long song for you. Yeah, <laughs> but I I barely see it go by, or <laughs> I barely notice the length of it. Yeah, it really that's what does she said. go by. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she said that. <laughs> oh God. No, but that's another interesting thing. Uh, Nick Oliveri, he uh, he actually, yeah, he is featured on a couple songs on here. One is uh, Amphetamines, and the other is uh, also Gazes Back. Yeah, and and yeah, if you oh, know, Amphetamines. I liked that one. I didn't. I mean, should probably should like that one. I mean, maybe, save it. Maybe you should. I, maybe you should like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nick Oliveri. He was the he was once the bassist of Queens of the Stone Age. He was also oh. in Caius and. Currently, he is the bassist of Blood Clot with the old Queens of the Stone Age drummer Randy Castillo and John Joseph of the Cro-Mags. That Ooh. is his band that he's doing outside of uh, what was once known as Cro-Mags and is now currently known as Cro-Mags JM because now Harley Flanagan has the rights to it. And it's a long, convoluted story. Don't For more me. of that, listen to the last Assault City Reviews episode. Yeah. I think you so. got into the whole thing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe. But... But yeah, and also uh, Todd Youth was once the guitarist of that before he died back in, uh, uh, it was 2017. I believe it was 2017. Damn. Yeah. That, he went, I don't really remember how he died. I think it was heart failure. Ugh. But yeah, he was a he was a legend. He is one of the best punk rock guitarists, in my opinion. Hmm. Hell yeah. I mean, he was uh he was in Agnostic Front for a time. He was in Warzone for a minute. Uh wasn't on any of their uh initial recordings, but he was there in the beginning. He was like a fill-in guitarist or he was a touring guitarist, shit like that. Uh he did find a home in Murphy's Law and he even he went in uh in the 90s formed a band called Chrome Locust, which was a bit more on the stoner metal side. He did some uh he did some gothic kind of death rock bands in the 2000s. He was on one of uh, Danzig's uh, Lucifage albums. It's a good thing he wasn't in no effects because I hear the leads are weak. Yeah. The fucking leads are weak. There, You're weak. There are no such thing as leads and no effects. They are just <laughs> octave melodies. Actually, El Jefe is a pretty damn good guitarist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't tell by listening to no effects. Just kind of like you can't tell Mark Tremonti is a good guitarist from listening to Creed. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck. Dude, you know what? I make fun of Creed all the time. And my guitarist all the time is like, yeah, but the guitarist is really good. And I go, yeah, but he's got to get a better band. <laughs> and, he, and he does have a better band. I mean, low bar, sure, but he is a... <laughs> What's the better band? If you say Alter Bridge, I'm done with you. <laughs> it is Alter Bridge. Oh, my God, they suck, too. <laughs> Alter Bridge is just light Creed. Well, actually, I think it's like Creed heavy, technically. <laughs> Creed is Alter Bridge light. I don't know. <laughs> the Alter Bridge... Not a fan, I'm going to say that, but <laughs> you do get to hear Tremonti be a bit more, you know, upfront with his skills on that. And I'm the like, horse gets okay, out of the barn a bit get more, there. gets yeah. to gallop. There you go. He gallops a little bit more, and he's not beholden to the uh, the Christian rock standards <laughs> of Creed. Oh, God. Yeah, we get it. You are Jesus or something. <laughs> Some, and then he went crazy and went homeless, but... yeah. So yeah, Todd Youth's a great guitarist, Nick Oliveri is a great bassist, and he's been on a lot of features in a lot of bands, and this is one of them. And 
It's fucking cool. He's got some crazy vocals. <laughs> it's good. I didn't know the name before listening to that, and I was like, damn, this Nickel Very guy's a fucking dope-ass motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So, he was actually yeah. kicked out of Queens of the Stone Age because he was such a rambunctious member. He was partying harder than anyone else in that band while on tour. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that's why I'm going to get kicked out of my band when you see it in the news. Well, it won't be in the news. It'll just be on the Salt City. I'll just be like, I was kicked out of my band. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the reason. It's because, like, you're gonna Des keep- partied too hard Again. You're going to get kicked out of Disengaged? Of course I am. <laughs> but this is my band. I brought it together. <laughs> well, I'm not fucking Mr. Schneebly. <laughs> or what's his name besides Mr. Schneebly? Dewey Finn. Dewey Finn. That's <laughs> and right. And he's not a licensed teacher. I am not a licensed teacher, but I have been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure that I touched them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> One of the best scenes in cinema history. Just oh saying. God. And then right after that, he's running down the hallway with the guitars in his hand. <laughs> yeah, flying feet and a and a Gibson SG. <laughs> These guitars are fucking priceless. Both of them are like originals. And he's just trucking down the hall with them in his hands. Yeah, oh my god. But it makes me wonder. Where the fuck was he keeping those guitars? <laughs> right? I mean, <sighs> I think he was keeping them in the, the storeroom in the back of the room. Yeah. And I'm like, how did he get to that place? Just like, was he just moshing through all the fucking parents to get his fucking guitars and just bolt? Dewey Finn is an old school rocker, okay? He knows what he's doing. He can make his way through a mosh pit. All yeah. of us can. Um, but you got any more uh, views about this before we move on to the next part? Uh, the next part. That's going to be fun. I really want to get to that. But, okay, you heard both of our opinions on it. So if you know Dez and if you uh, accumulate more to his style and his taste of music, maybe it's not quite for you. But, Dez, the fact that you had a few songs stick out to you, of course, I'm not going to be disappointed because I love every single song on this record. I love them all. So, yeah, you're not disappointing me in that fashion. So, at least you got a couple. You got something out of it. And as we discussed, this is why I pull in multiple people to do the reviews with me is because everybody's got different opinions. Everyone's got you know their own mm-hmm. flavor. And I like to hear that. Me and, me and you, like sometimes we super agree. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we super disagree. And like twice, literally on this episode, we just super disagreed. Yeah. You know, both good good records you brought to me, but just not my style. I know. You know? You know? I mean, there are songs from both that I've kept on my Spotify I'm gonna continue to listen to. But yeah. yeah. And one of them is my favorite song. So that I salute you. <laughs> exactly. There you yeah. go. So take these reviews for what they are, opinions of rockers yep take them with a grain of salt or a grain of sugar i mean it's just they just are what they are or a grain of cum oh yeah that's what i sound like when i nut (laughs) (laughs) so yeah soldiers of destruction i may give it a uh, full-fledged review in the future we will see what comes about we will um but after the reviews it's the news. Hell The yeah. renews. The renews. So we have got quite the load for you today. And I'm going to get uh-huh. before. Okay. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know the order. I don't want to depress myself first. So we'll go with the actual news stories first. <laughs> and then we'll go with the depression after. Great. Okay. <laughs> so this story uh, comes to us via Metal Sucks. And the headline is history professor Ted Nugent. Has a death wish. <laughs> Again? Yeah. So here's <laughs> a recent professor. quote 
from uh, Mr. Nuge. I, you know, he's such a fucking dick, but he made some good tunes. Like, a few, actually. He didn't make too many amazing tunes. Well, but yeah. You can he, say the same thing with Gene Simmons, you know? That's exactly. So here's another lovely quote. Um, you know, we're in 2021, post-pandemic, if you're listening to this sometime in the weird near future, uh, <laughs> and don't know what we're talking about. But we're talking about the pandemic. We're talking about the vaccinations. Here's the quote. Somebody asked me, are you vaccinated? Yeah. My name is Ted Nugent. I'm completely vaccinated. I've had all my vaccinations. I haven't had any unauthorized guinea pig test shots, but I've had all my vaccinations. I've had all my shots that qualify and are vaccinations, but I haven't had any experimental shots and I won't take any experimental shots. Not only because I know it's my right as an American. He didn't say that part, (laughs) but I think it is. Wait. I think the Nuremberg trials proved that no man, no Nazi, or people try to be Nazis can force anybody to take medicine or experiment on human beings with untried medicines. Bit of a hard right he took there. <laughs> I know. I, Just I, trying to find an excuse to talk about Nazis, I guess. I know. He fucking... That's the thing. <laughs> These days, so many weird political things come up, and... um. Like, I can't remember the name of the senator, but she was talking about how anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers are like the new Jews from the Holocaust. Uh, What? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to compare an entire people being hunted down and killed to you guys not wanting to wear a mask and being talked shit on on Facebook? It's like... What? Why even compare that to the Jews? It's like... Really, you're not being hunted down. No, people aren't hunting you down. You don't have to stay in someone else's <laughs> attic to stay safe so that you don't get shot in the street. For not wearing a mask? Yeah, no one's doing that. <laughs> you can live in your little maskless basement. Really? It's all choice. You know, No one's forcing you to wear a mask. You go into a store, they say, do you have a mask? No. And then you just keep walking. Exactly. Yeah, some I, people are just like, oh, you know what? I don't get paid enough to fucking deal with this. So, eh, whatever. So, I like this picture. It's all photoshopped together. It's got um the Nuge in like graduation robes and shit. And if you look, the little circles they've edited to look like a Q for Q anon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goddamn it. He, you know, the fucking uh <laughs> the fucking right wing uh not not Tumblr, Reddit. <laughs> yeah, the right wing Reddit, basically. What are they on? 8chan now, which is also full of child porn, but they're like, we're trying to save the kids. 8chan is full of child porn, dude. Oh, my God. I can't even believe them. That's uh, a, that's but that's the thing about the Nuge. I just can't take anything he says seriously anymore. When people are like, are you vaccinated? And he's like, the Nazis. Like, you know, he sounds kind of like Jello Biafra, but from a super right-wing perspective. Yeah, he's the polar <laughs> opposite of Jello Biafra in terms of uh, political and uh, social views, but they are just as loud. It's like the the chaotic good and the chaotic evil exactly. sort of thing, you know? <laughs> and here we are, Salt City in the middle with chaotic neutral. Yep. Okay. Just like, okay, fuck. Both, uh, both guys, I guess, make, well, not necessarily good points, but they make points they make points um because you know they vaccinations is definitely where you bring up the nuremberg trials yeah because that was about well yeah i guess you can say it's about survival but that wasn't a thing about 
the choice of some people. The Jews back in that day, they didn't have a choice. They weren't given a choice. Their only choice was to run and hide or admit defeat and be fucking burned alive. Exactly. Um, so I just wanted to poke that one in there because I like to poke fun at the Nuge every once in a while. Everyone needs to. Oh, yeah. Uh, so next news story, also because Metal Sucks, also because that's the news site I chose to pick for news stories for today. Yeah. Um, video. Men- mental. <laughs> Metal <laughs> band shuts down a Wendy's drive-thru. Oh, Let's get shit. into it. When it comes to viral videos at the intersection of metal and fast food chains nothing will ever top what the fuck is up denny's (laughs) a legendary line uttered by a hardcore frontman playing a show at a defunct houston area denny's a few years back that said the video of metal band performing from their vehicles in the middle of a wendy's drive-thru is pretty darn good noah russell drummer of vela la vela uh wanted so many of us to do oh fuck me wanted <laughs> what so wanted what to fuck me <laughs> i'm sorry let's <laughs> rewind wanted what so many of us do on any given night no not a frosty to hang out with his friends after they got off work but in order to make that happen he had to shut down the wendy's drive through on time instead of letting last minute creepers put in large orders trapping his buds in the shackles of the Wendy's kitchen. <laughs> so he put his drum kit on a flatbed of his car. It's a, uh, is that an El Camino? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is El Camino. Uh, anyways, while his guitarist set up an amp in the truck of the next vehicle, shredding atop the uh, asphalt, including a rendition of Motley Crue's live wire. Fucking rad. Uh, this being 2021, Footage of the incident has now made it to TikTok and has gone insanely viral. So I love this. I think it's great. These guys just want their friend to fucking get off work on time. And these (laughs) fuckheads are making that impossible. So I love it. Guys, what is his band name again? It is uh, Vela La Vela. Cool. Love it. Look up Vela La Vela. I'm I'm stoked on it. I'm a bella la bella. A bella la bella. What does that mean in Italian, Mr. Italy? La bella? Fucked if I know. Oh, come on. <laughs> you live there for like months at a time. I know. But oh, Christ. I never really heard the ner- the, the name Vella. A bella la bella. I'll call your mom and ask her later. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, what lengths would you go to to get your friend off work in time? <sighs> I will... I will fucking get up to the register. He will be working there, and I will intentionally make a stacked order. And I will be changing my mind every couple of every couple of uh, items. And there will be a line behind me, and they are going to be so fucking fed up. They are either going to uh, beat me up, or they're just going to fucking leave. Well, I mean, I don't think that's going to get your friends off work anytime soon, but you know, it's good to see the extent you'll go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get your ass kicked over a burger. Yeah. It, nah. The end goal is I'm getting my ass kicked because I care about my friend and his well-being. I will get you out of that fucking place, man. All right. You know what? Sounds reasonable. Sounds yeah. like you're getting your ass kicked for the right reasons. And speaking of the wrong reasons... That didn't even work. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some bullshit, because I got another news story. 
Oh, surprise, surprise. I know. <laughs> it's also from Metal Sucks. Gibson launches record label signs slash. Of course they do. Because <laughs> who else is famous for playing a Les Paul besides Jimmy Page? The venerated guitar manufacturers have announced the launch of Gibson Records, headquartered in Nashville, and will be operating in partnership with BMG. The label will work with Gibson artists to produce, record, and promote their music to fans around the world. Couldn't even partner with uh, EMG? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Their first signee is Slash from Guns N' Roses, which appropriate enough which appropriate enough the guitarist has famously utilized Les Paul his career uh, his entire career uh-huh. um you know so here's the thing the album is going to be slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the conspirators at this point slash has been playing with Miles Kennedy and the conspirators for like fucking 10 years i'm pretty sure just name the band something Instead of writing the coattails of your old goddamn project slash, I'm fucking pointing a goddamn guitar head at you, you know, like just, just pick a fucking name. It can be snakes and barrels for all I give a fuck. Just like pick, pick a name. Don't just pick slash. Sorry. It's dumb. Like there's, you know, all these kinds of solo acts. And if he was like a singer or something, maybe he could go by that. But like you say someone sing me a slash song, they're going to be like, Because he doesn't have an identity outside of thrashing on a guitar. Pick a band. Pick a name. (laughs) Just saying. I know. But what do you think of this, a guitar manufacturer record label? Oh, man. Other than the fact you reminded me uh, that Velvet Revolver was a thing. And a weird thing. They had a couple bangers. Yeah, it didn't just... Nothing really resonated. Really? On that. What yeah. about that one they used for the Guitar Hero soundtrack? That was cool. They had that on Guitar Hero? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was the song? Oh. When you look, you see right through me. Something, 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 something. Something, something. Every single I need to time. I barely remember the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, here comes the water. Here come to wash away the sins of you and I. There's Slash. Yep, you sound just <laughs> like Slash. Anyway, the yeah, this is reminded me of when uh of when Gibson was declaring bankruptcy, and their their reasoning behind that is because the market has gotten so saturated. Oh yeah, yeah. Which by all rights, it has. Everyone wants to be a guitar hero. Everybody, everybody's making guitars so readily available that people aren't exactly saving up to get Gibson anymore because they are expensive guitars, but they're expensive for a reason. You know, back in the, back in the day they were made with such uh, care and precision to get like a certain tone out of it. That's why you see someone preferring an SG over a Les Paul, you know, but now when people are going for like certain guitars, they're going for the cheaper kind. They're going for 
Epiphone, or they're going for Squire, they're going for Ibanez, you know, not bad guitars in their own right, but people are getting their, it looks like a Gibson, except for the headstock, but it looks like a Gibson, it looks like a Fender, I'll look cool while playing it, but they don't give a shit about tone. (laughs) True, but I mean, like, so many good guitar brands, like high quality guitar brands have also risen up, like Solar and shit, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a big deal, but I think... It feels like a desperate reach. Mm-hmm. Gibson feels like, yeah, they declared bankruptcy, but it feels like they're running out of money again. It feels like they're running out of options again. Exactly. So they're like, okay, let's put our name behind some artists and hope they can make us money. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that this is going to be a long-term thing. You know, it's, uh, feels weird to me. Yeah. It's sort of like when, uh, it's reminding me of when Google had so many projects. Like, remember the Google eyeglasses? Yeah, what the fuck happened to that? They killed it. They killed it? <laughs> yeah, it's not a thing anymore. People weren't, people weren't attached to it. I guess. I mean, it does make sense to me that you wouldn't want to walk around with a screen in front of your eyes all day, but some mm-hmm. of us do. Yeah. You know? Nice way to catch it. It's okay. We're almost done with the show. You can keep holding it for a second. Um, so, yeah, it's just a whole thing. The Gibson thing, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was a little weird. I thought I'd bring it up to you. It's kind of weird to find store- news stories that aren't for wrecked, you know? Mm-hmm. With wrecked, it's like, man, cuts off its own genitals trying to gab some nachos, you know? <laughs> I, it, you can, it is a lot more material there. But people want to hear some fun news stories. So let's get into depression. Are you ready? Oh, I I know it's coming. This has been fucking like a tragic couple weeks, man. Mm -hmm. So if you keep up with hard rock, heavy metal news, you know that three very influential, very big um, celebrities have died. Uh, First off, we had Mike Howe of Metal Church. Mm -hmm. He has passed. uh, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top. And the one that hit me like a fucking freight train full of shit. Me too. Was Joey fucking Jordison. Yep. Of Slipknot. The and original founder and drummer. Exactly. And of Vimic and of, uh, fuck, what's his other? My drummer's Scar gonna Scar the me. Martyr. Scar the Martyr. And there's one more. There was Murder Dolls. Murder Dolls. He was not a drummer. He was a guitarist. He was a guitarist in that. Yeah. It was and like a. There's set one more. To, so it started with an S. It was a. I literally have them on my goddamn Spotify. I can't remember. Anyways, it was more of a black metal. Um, anyway, Joey Jordison over all of these uh, deaths this week was like the biggest deal for me. <clears throat> um, Slipknot is one of my top, top, top bands and will always be, uh, especially those early albums. Iowa is one of the albums that um, just... I don't know. It touches the young soul, I feel, and is probably one of the heaviest metal albums of all goddamn time. Oh, fuck yeah. Joey Jordison really changed the game. Sinsanium. Ah, Sinsanium. Yes. That's right. And they have the bass player from Dragon Force in that band. Jesus Christ. That was going to bother me. Thank you so much for looking that up. I found it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I, so much uh, that like brought me up in the metal was because of Joey Jordison. He's one of the founding members that started it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't even believe I live in a world that is post Joey Jordison. I thought I thought I'd die before Joey Jordison died. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's unreal. I thought I'd die before Lemmy died, and 
Oh, dude, right? Here we are. (laughs) He was like a cockroach. You couldn't squish him. Yeah. Except for cancer. (sighs) Fuck that disease. Cancer's a cunt. I hate it. (laughs) I think everyone can agree with that. Yeah. I, um... Do you, what, what, how, are any of these uh, the biggest to you? I mean, Joey Jordison, obviously, for me. Dusty Hill. I, I have love a lot of love for ZZ Top. Metal Church, not my biggest. I know a few good songs, but, I mean, I feel for everybody who's a Metal Church uh, fan because he did touch a lot of people in that way. Not quite like Dewey Finn, <laughs> but he did touch a lot of people deep down. Yes, he did. And I'm a... Yeah, I am in the same boat with you in a, in a lot of ways. I never really got into a Metal Church. I heard a couple of songs in one ear, out the other, never revisited. It was a, it was a thing, and it just wasn't mine. Uh, same thing can be said with uh, ZZ Top, although I did appreciate them a lot more. I just love that old uh, Southern Blues style <laughs> shit that were coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like if uh, you gave a uh, uh, John Lee Hooker a fucking amplifier, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you know what? That's the best way I've heard ZZ Top described is John Lee Hooker with a fucking amplifier. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? I know. Oh man, did they, did they ever do an album with him? That should have been a thing. Oh, let me see. I'm gonna check it out. Oh god. Yeah. I mean, if ZZ Top can spin their guitars up by their waist, then they could do anything. <laughs> But yeah, what was the, what was it, Dusty Hill? Or, yeah, Dusty Hill. Yeah, Dusty Hill, the uh, bassist. So now we brought ZZ Top down to just Z Top, and that's just really sad. Looks like there's a cover of John Lee Hooker's Boom, Boom, Boom by ZZ Top, which sounds about right. Yep, that's a, holy shit, <laughs> asking you shall receive. Uh, perfect combo for them um seriously i'm a little disappointed i'm never gonna get to see uh you know dusty hill i mean i'm never gonna see zz top play live that sucks i mean i've seen slipknot sadly without joey same which is tragic and sadly without paul and without paul you know the rhythm section's gone yeah that sucks i mean except for the two extra drummers but you know well except for uh chris fenn he's gone too like, uh, not he's dead, out of the band, gone, yeah. but yeah, he's out of the band and now they got a potato face or tortilla face or it's whatever tortilla the face, him. tortilla man. I think I don't whatever, know. He's got a called. potato sack on his head. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> or, uh, and so does Jay Weinberg. <laughs> yeah. He's got a bit of a, yeah, his is more like a burlap sack yeah. though. Yeah. He's more of like a scarecrow type thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still a big fan of Slipknot. They have great music coming out and I really enjoyed their last couple albums, but the Joey Jorison years are just pinnacle they're you know they They really touched me um the thing was like all their best work which are the first four albums that was from the uh the solid nine lineup that included Corey and joey and paul mick jim craig chris clown and sid man you got them all i was i was was ready to correct you i was ready um (laughs) but no you're right those first four albums up to all hope is gone is their perfect time oh they nailed it these last two are really fucking good and i listen to them all the time but those first four are really where it is it was the formative years for me in metal and shit um but also i was trying to so my drummer dylan uh joey is his number one idol of all time Mm -hmm. so as soon as i found out that joey was dead i 
called my first thing I said, I got to call Dylan and I run my phone and I grab, I call him and I just, I, I had to talk to him for a minute because it's a big deal. It's like losing a brother to him. You know, they, he got, he fortunately got to meet him a couple of times and you know, that was a big deal, but Oh man, I can't even imagine, you know? Yeah. Jesus Christ. And the thing with him is that I had, what I was trying to explain to Dylan was I, I hope that people understand that, yeah, he's gone and that, that really fucking sucks. And there's, you know, there's no getting him back. We can't just like reach through the veil and grab him. Mm-hmm. But through all of his different bands, which I feel bad for forgetting the name of one of them, to be honest with you. But uh, through all of his bands, he created hours and hours of beautiful art for us to appreciate straight from the heart. Oh, yeah. You know, and what all the music he did, he was very passionate about. So you have to know that that's, that is him putting his heart out on his sleeve for all of us fans. Mm-hmm. So when you feel like, you know, he's gone and you're really sad about it, same with these other artists. These are songs from their heart. You have to really, yeah, it sucks that they're gone, but you can appreciate that there's all of this they've left behind for us. Yeah. They it's have a like Voldemort stellar catalog. <laughs> leaving behind Horcruxes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, all the albums that Slipknot released while Joey was still alive. And, yeah, there's a reason why they're hailed as classics. You know, exactly. you have you have Corey doing his thing on the on the voice. You got Mick and Jim just like uh, trudging away at some of those brutal riffs. Oh yeah, and if. The thing is, like when you look at the technicals, the technical standpoint of his rhythm section, look at what he's got to work with here. He's got two extra drummers, the sideline percussionist. He's got Chris and Sean, half drummers, half hype men, pretty much. Yeah. And behind him, he's got Craig with the samples and Sid hitting the goddamn turntables. So he's got a bit of a background to work with. And there he is quite literally in the center of all of it. He is working with groove. He is working with chugs. He's working with breakdowns, the simple bow diddly beats. Mm-hmm. And he has got it so chaotic. He's got a lot of shit to work with, but motherfucker, does he breed it and bleed it all together. He has a seamless fucking technical point there is a reason why he is hailed as the john bonham of new metal he really is and he changed the game i don't remember what band it was i thought i saved the quote but i didn't i was looking earlier and the quote was something like there is in metal you can definitely hear exactly the time before and after joey jordison's snare drum Mm -hmm. that is iconic Joey Jordison's snare drum, those old, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He brought blast beats, blast fucking beats, which is something that was totally underground for the longest time. He brought that into the mainstream with their songs. Yeah. That was not done before. I mean, yes, blast beats were around, and it was a, a heavy prevalent thing. Not in this style, though. But not in his style and not in the mainstream. And now mainstream people were like, oh, fuck, what is that? That's Joey fucking Jordison showing you black metal on the rock radio station. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, my God. And especially if you hear, you know, one of their biggest fucking classics before I forget, you hear how the rhythm goes. Damn. 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 
Go! Exactly. Oh my god, it's just just such weird beats. But he makes it seem effortless. Yeah. Was the thing? Well, maybe it's because he's wearing a mask. We can't see his face being all stressed out. But. <laughs> Makes it seem effortless. And then you hear all the other shit he did, like Scar the Martyr and shit. There was some weird-ass beats in there, and you're like, what the fuck, Joey? <laughs> How? It's just like, he's got to be digitized. No. No. That's all natural, bro. He's a machine, Brud? that motherfucker. <laughs> he's a, or rather was, but it's like, yeah, was he really that good? Motherfucker played drums upside down. Exactly. I shared a meme like that the other day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen it. Another quote, somebody said, you know, Joey Jordison played drums upside down better than most people could right side up. Mm-hmm. That's There's a reason awesome. why Metallica sounded better with him behind the kid when he filled in for him. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> um, oh, man. But yeah, Joey, goddamn. Uh, you were the founder of the beast that supplied the pulse for us maggots. Yes. You may be gone. Your pulse may be gone. But we are continuing the maggot pulse. We will still support Slipknot. We are the pulse of the maggots. Way. We are the new type of Barlock. If Wait. I had to give my life, you could have it. We are the pulse of the maggots. Yeah. That's my favorite Slipknot song, by the way. That's a good one. Yeah. It's I played that one. on the punk cast the other day as a tribute to Joey. Nice. So Check out SLC Punkcast. Do you yeah. know what episode that is? The last one that came out. It is, <laughs> okay. uh, it is episode 222. Oh, 222. Very easy to remember. Also, oh, yeah. Paul's number, number two. Died uh-huh. before Joey. So there, there's your correlation. I know. Another weird correlation. It was like uh, yeah, Paul Gray, when he died back in uh, 2010, it was just days between him and Ronnie James Dio's death. I know. Yeah. That was a bad week, dude. That was shitty. That was <sighs> so shitty. And I'd never seen Dio. Me neither. Never. I was so pissed off. Next chance we're going to get is seeing the fucking hologram. Yeah. Oh, my God. Please don't. Just right. uh, as... Oh, God. <laughs> I'd anyway. sooner rather have his ghost come back, and uh, that would be so much better. That's yeah, true. That would be ghost. dope. Oh, man. Oh, shit. But... Yeah, now with this correlation, it's like Joey Jordison died literally one day after Mike Howe died. Yeah, and then Mike Dusty Howe? Hill, I think Mike. I think Dusty Hill was the day before, but they didn't report on it until later. No, it was a... Actually, no, it was Mike Howe and Joey the same day. Oh. And then, yeah, and then uh, Dusty, he passed away a day later. Okay, that's what it was. I knew it was something weird with the dates. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's... Uh, that's a lot. Joey, Dusty, Mike, thank you guys so much for everything you've done for the metal community, not just us. I know we went on about Joey for a very long time, but uh, I know that Dusty Hill and Mike Howe were also huge parts of a lot of people's lives, and we just want to show the proper amount of respect, especially because, you know, I think if ZZ Top hadn't been around, the face of rock and roll and metal wouldn't have been the same either, and therefore my music taste wouldn't be the same either. I, you know, one of the first songs I ever learned on guitar was LaGrange, <laughs> you know, because it's <laughs> yeah. really, you know, uh, but yeah, if you, you know, if you're missing those artists and stuff, just take a bit, take a listen to their songs, show some love, tell somebody about that band that might not know about them, even though they're dead, just fucking pass it on. That's the best thing you can do is to keep their memory alive by telling people about this music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think we're going to get out of here. It's getting hot and sweaty up in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for more of me and Eric, check out Wrecked Podcast here on the Circle Pit Radio Podcast Network at circlepitradio.com. Uh, do you want to tell them where they can find you? You can find me also on SLC Punkcast. And to repeat, I am also on the Wrecked Cast with this thing. And you can also find me performing live with my band Anonymous. By the way, we're at anonymousslc.bandcamp.com. We have cassette tapes, by the way. So if you actually give a shit about that stuff, then, yeah, send us money. <laughs> <laughs> um. and, uh, and, yeah, should I plug the future? I was. F- are you done with your social media? Because that's yeah. what I was going to get to. I'm done. All right. So uh, as far as reviews go, this will be the final, uh, perhaps, the final episode of reviews for Assault City. From this point on, Assault City will just be interviews and Circle Pit Radio, where we play the music from the weeks past. Uh, and since we're getting rid of reviews on here, we're giving Eric his own show. It's going to be a solo show uh, where he just reviews CDs all day, every day. He's doing reviews. Yep. So you want reviews? You go to this show called Lead melodies it's gonna be called lead melodies we don't know exactly when it's coming out yet because i mean it's technical difficulties we're trying to figure out and money it's hard to afford microphones but and it's also hard to find time to write (laughs) exactly because since he's doing a solo show he kind of has to write out a script and stuff you know Mm -hmm. so it makes sense uh but it's all worth it (laughs) exactly it'll be worth it uh eric has a real passion for reviewing cds and i've you know i've kind of bounced this idea around for a minute and i've told some people uh, here's what i'm going to leave the option open to i think we're going to keep lead melodies i want lead melodies on the network it sounds like a great idea um some people have told me that i should keep doing reviews on assault city but for now at least i'm going to eliminate it for a bit if you guys still want some reviews on assault city let me know because I mean, if not, I can just, you know, completely do away with them and just do straight up interviews and that's cool. But if not, you guys got lead melodies. It's going to be fucking dope. I'm going to say probably October. We'll have that ready. Right. Maybe yeah. ish. We'll say around, we'll say around October. It gives me a, it gives me a month. Well, not a month. It gives me a time to look toward. It gives me like a, uh, an end cap date. Exactly. It's like, this is my window of opportunity. So I got to buckle down on some of this shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, I have half of the, uh, I have half of the review written for the first album I want to talk about. Very good. Yep. I'm not going to tell you what it is here. Don't but you dare. I won't, but it is one of the best albums that came out this year as well. And it's not the one that I just talked about today. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, check out those reviews coming very soon from Circle Pit Radio and Lead Melodies. I have been your host, Des Troy. You can find me on Instagram at DesEngage9. And please, please, please go follow the network, Circle Pit Radio Network on Instagram. Also, CirclePitRadio.com if you want to check out our new show, Pop Filter. Yeah. Featuring your girlfriend, my secret girlfriend, Shawnee (laughs) and Destiny. Uh, both very good friends of ours. They're talking about the history of pop music and the influential artists involved. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Hail Lemmy, and uh, we'll see you in the pit. Yeah, we'll see you in the pit. I'll see you from the pit. Yeah.